Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Clippers. Now. Hour number two of the show, live from the Auction Community Studios as the Suns and Clippers get ready for game three tonight from Crypto.com Arena. Who would call it Staples Center, Wolf? Who would call it that? Are you kidding me? Staples Center. Crypto.com, of course. We so, yeah, so that's uh, where game three will be tonight and the game four Saturday afternoon. So this is um, this is obviously the most pivotal stretch of the season for both these teams because with the game so close together, maybe you could use that if you win tonight to build some momentum quickly uh, into into game four as opposed to some NBA series where you have two, three days off between games. Um, the matchup that nationally I think everybody still sees this series as is Kevin Durant against Kawhi. We had Brian Windhorst on uh, earlier this week, and he was, he said flat out, "Like, look, I know that I know that people in Phoenix just want to see the Suns win, but this is crazy. We finally get to see this matchup." He had a story up on ESPN. Uh, okay, this is Gilbert Arenas from Gills Arena. It's the name of the show. Gills Arena. Gills Arena. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, I guess that's better. Than, if he had called it Gilbert's Arena with Gilbert Arenas, that would have been very <laughs> confusing. So Gilbert Arenas with Brandon Jennings and Josiah Johnson talking about the uh, the matchup here. Is Kawhi the best player in this series? Best player is Kevin Durant. Still. The best player is Kevin Durant. Okay. Right? That's what we're, we're talking about, the best player, right? Oh. Like who's having the best series? Kawhi Leonard. I'm not but saying the best. I'm not saying player. the best player overall. I'm talking about in this particular seven game series. Not who would you start a team around? Not not anything beyond. Kevin Durant is the best player if he's in the on series. the court. In this series, he's the best, he's the best player. player. Okay. Kawhi's Kawhi's what? Two. But you, Gil, yeah, you thought a little too long about Kawhi. It. Might be one B, if anything. Kawhi got two rings and two finals too. Why would he feel like he? I mean, <laughs> there's not. I, is there another series with this sort of star power? They even mentioned Devin Booker right there with 38 points the other night. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I really do expect a huge game from Kevin Durant tonight. And you know Kawhi Leonard is going to play in that somehow, some way. The These two guys, when you think about it, Kawhi's 31. I don't think of Kawhi Leonard being 31 years old right now. I just don't. I don't know. You could convince me he's 21 or 53. <laughs> Kawhi is just no, is. No, you're right. He looks. He just yeah, Kawhi's is. Kawhi's one of those guys. Well, I don't know. He looks like he's 40. I well, must say it just feels right like now. he he's been in the league forever, but then he hasn't played in a while. But then, I, I mean, you, you see him play, you're like, oh, this guy's like in his third year. Like he's in his prime. Clearly, yeah, it's just you know, I don't think of. Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard in terms of um, age being near or about the same age. And they're not 31 to 34. I get it. But I, I didn't think Kawhi was that old. If you told me he was still 28, 29 years old, I would have believed yeah, that. I, right I'm with now. you on I'm that, just yeah. with, Maybe it's because of the last two years. Because he hasn't played much. He hasn't played, exactly. <laughs> maybe that's what it is right there. But it just seems like athletically as well, um, two different body types. Two completely different body types. 
you got Kawhi's, what, 6'7", 240 pounds, and then you've got Kevin Durant, who's 6'11", and, uh, okay, some say 7 foot. I don't know about that. Uh, do you buy that, first of all, that he is 7 foot? That he's foot? 7 foot. I don't know, he's got, I, he's not, got the new Nikes now that, that uh, make him look a little bit taller. Too. Yeah. He's pretty close to 7 foot. I, I'm, I'm he just, plays like he's you seven. Know, can I? I'm just going to call him 6'11". That's what I'm going to do right there. And everyone's going to talk, well, good, he's 7 footer. You know, honestly, I, I just know the way they fudge this stuff um, because they used to fudge it back when I was playing as well, and they do from time to time. They round up in a big-time way. Trust me on that one right there when I say that. Okay, they do. So, um, Kevin Durant, 6'11". I'm going to go with 6'11". I'm going to stick with it right there. And 240 pounds himself. Two different body types completely, though. And I think of Kawhi Leonard being much more physical. I think of Kevin Durant being much more finesse. Uh, I've got two more cuts here from this uh, this show I want to play, but just since you brought it up, here's the other guys, a couple other guys from Kawhi's draft class, okay? Kyrie was the first pick. Uh, let's see who else. Valanchunas was in that class. Kemba Walker. Jimmer Fredette. Remember Jimmer Fredette? Jimmer Fredette. Clay Thompson. Oh, Jimmer. Clay Thompson, one pick after Jimmer. Uh, Jerry's still out on and, and if, uh, if, if Milwaukee made the right pick there or whoever ultimately <laughs> made that pick. Jimmer going one pick ahead of Clay. And then, do you know who the two picks were before Kawhi Leonard? Markeith Morris and then Marcus Morris. Oh, that's so painful. <laughs> this was, I'm that's reading the way painful. this draft played out, and they probably should just flip it over, and everybody at the top of the draft should apologize for the picks they made because they all whiffed. Just what are your impressions when you think of that, though? You think of Kevin and Kawhi, those two, and the matchup. What 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 comes to mind the, to you? Windhorse said this, like I said, when he was on with us earlier this week, if, if I could take myself out of the fact that it's Suns Clippers, this is a matchup for the ages, honestly. And they were on each other uh, in Game 2. I, I felt like KD was on Kawhi a lot more in Game 2. Um, you don't typically you don't typically see a matchup like that. Like, we're talking KD, probably, what, top 12 all-time player? Kawhi, if he plays enough, is going to go down in history as, I don't know, top 20 all-time player, you the way he goes? Top 12 right there? Yeah, <laughs> that was 12. great. I, you know, I was so Not impressed. 11. I would have said top 10. Yeah. That's, I would have said that's just the difference top 10. You and I. <laughs> I'm a little more refined. You, be, <laughs> you wanted to get detailed, Luke. That's you right. went 12. I, listen, I, I don't know who those other two guys are. Uh, don't you ask got me. in your brain right now? But that was that was good right there. I'm going to go 12 instead of 10. Yeah, maybe. Maybe <laughs> he's top 8. Who knows? See, this is detail, okay? This is Luke, okay? His his um, ability to get into the weeds is really cool. But anyways, I, I digress right now on Kevin Durant. Point is, there's a Devin Booker in the series beyond those two as well. I, I cannot wait to watch what we're going to behold tonight because I do believe this is going to be Kevin Durant's night. And whether the Suns go up 2-1 in this series or not, I think could come down to that matchup, specifically Kawhi and Kevin and who gets the best of each. Uh, here's more from Gilbert Arenas and Brandon Jennings on liking this particular matchup. I like the matchup and I like the matchup because it's like Kawhi is like, I'm just as good or better than Kevin Durant. Well, no, 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 I get what we tell ourselves. I, I understand that part. I, just, I, know, I know I get that, right? right. <laughs> you know, I thought when we were playing against LeBron James, I was the best player in on the court. I, I, I you know, <laughs> but, you know, the reality, right? Well, well, in reality, if he wins this series, he's better than Kevin Durant. 
Oh. Oh, if he beat if he beats the Suns if he beats the Suns without Paul George, he's a he's better than Kevin Durant right now, right now not not but just right now he's better like he will be better than Kevin Durant right now if he gets that done. That is a gross simplification of the truth, right there. <laughs> that honestly. took all the laughter can out of the really studio. Can you really do that, right? Can can you really do that? Oh, he won the series, therefore he's a better player than Kevin Durant. Come on, man. No. Isn't that just bringing it down? You want to talk about producing, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. We got all this stuff up here, all these variables in the funnel. But what's coming out of the bottom of the funnel right there? We got to come up with something that's coming out of the bottom. What's coming out of the bottom? If Kawhi wins the series and the Clippers win, he's better than Kevin Durant. Come on, you, man. You can't. Okay. No, you can't say that. Because by the same logic, wouldn't you have to say, like, oh, and that means Eric Gordon's better than Devin Booker. Because yes. the Clippers not me. <laughs> but what I, I will give him this. If the Suns beat the Clippers, or if the Clippers beat the Suns, Kawhi winning would be more impressive in this round than Kevin Durant winning. Oh, there's no doubt about it. KD's got help. Absolutely. Kawhi doesn't have a ton of help right now. Russell Westbrook is running around doing crazy things, but at any time, those crazy things could backfire, and I think we all are kind of hoping slash suspecting they might. Here's one more, uh, Gilbert Arenas and Brandon Jennings. Because he's by himself, and, you know, they they are. Oh, he is with Russ. But Russ is going to defer to him, so if he can carry, if he can carry the load by himself, then you got to put him over. Then I have to put him uh, somewhere up there. Reluctantly? Yeah. Just I'm just saying right now, though. Just but right yeah, now. Yeah. I'm not saying like over. I'm just saying right now he would be. I mean, because that's what, to be honest, for them to win this series, you know, it, it has to be Kawhi doing, doing, it. doing exactly what he did. So if he does win the series, he's right. That is going to be a situation where, again, I don't see Russ deferring to anybody. I don't even think he knows what that word means. Right? I, I honestly, I don't think, I don't see Russell Westbrook deferring to anybody at any point. And I hope that is the case because I think the Suns are going to entice him, dare I say, invite him to shoot the ball instead of Kawhi. He's like Will Farrell and Anchorman. Uh, deferring, that's an old wooden ship, isn't it? <laughs> All right, score the hottest ticket in town. I did not expect you to go there. <laughs> Suns playoff tickets. Just text ticket to 620-620. Register <laughs> and listen for your name Monday and Tuesday during the 7 a.m., noon, and 5 o'clock hours for your chance to qualify for Game 5 tickets to see the Suns take on the Clippers again. That's ticket to 620-620. Uh, when we come back, we'll go over to football. A lot of trade scenarios floating around with the Arizona Cardinals at the center of them, and the draft is a week from today. We're going to discuss if we would take any of those deals next. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The NFL Draft. News on number three. Trades. Sold, sold, no, sold. Next. (laughs) Do you think that's enough, though, for the 11th pick to move up from 11 to 3? Um, yeah, I do think that is enough right there. I really do. And I'm assuming that Will Anderson isn't there at three. So that's two firsts, a second, and a third, right? The way you, Okay. Two firsts, a second, and a third. So one of the firsts is you dropping down to 11. You're doing that with the assumption that Will Anderson isn't there. So are you, are you, you've gone that far now? You think Houston's taking Will Anderson? Uh, I, I, if I had to guess, uh. I think there's a real possibility that 
It's a 50-50 deal that the Houston Texans might be serious about taking Will Anderson at number two. See, if I, this is what I think has happened right here. The Houston Texans base and audience, what they've done is now they know Bryce Young is not going to be there. And I think they wanted Bryce Young. I think they loved Bryce Young. C.J. Stroud so much of the time about a month ago, three weeks ago, I think for the most part, people thought C.J. Stroud was going to be the guy Mm -hmm. because of how athletic and how much of a build in his frame, the tangibles of C.J. Stroud and how much better that was going to be. He was... Many people believe the first quarterback off the board, the first guy taken so in this draft. Maybe Chicago making that trade didn't help the Cardinals. Now, <laughs> if Houston's going to go, making that trade with Carolina so early didn't help the Cardinals like we thought it was. I, are you making that deal, Luke? Well, I just want to point out, Wolf, you're typically a definitive guy, okay? Yeah. But what you just said about Will Anderson going to, you said uh, if you had to guess, the Texans are 50 50 on that they might make Will Anderson. That, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's a lot of half. 50 50. Did you see the FanDuel odds, he's now no. favored to be the second pick on FanDuel. Will Anderson. Will Anderson. Yes. Is. I had a, a C.J. Stroud second. But see, um, if I'm Houston, that's exactly what I want. Yeah, I can tell you this. If Will Anderson's gone at three, I'm probably going to make all these deals. But that that one I would because, and I'll go back to what I've been saying, I liked Will Anderson with a defense that had Buda Baker and Byron Murphy and Zach Allen and Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins. And right now, I know at least two of those guys are gone and more might be gone too. So yeah, I'll take it. So with the fourth overall pick, the Colts pick, has the Colts moving up to number three. Sold. What do the Cardinals get? They get the fourth overall pick, the 79th overall pick, which is in the third round, the 138th pick, which is in the fifth round, and then a 2024 third round pick. Um, but once again, you got to know what happened at number two. Play my little game. <laughs> Didn't, don't you hear the music? The music means you play the game. Okay, I'm just saying right now, can I say this, Mason Onions? Let me get this disclaimer out of here. Um, the Houston Texans are using draft subterfuge right now to cloud the entire situation because they know Bryce Young's going number one. They love Bryce Young. This is, my, this is what I believe. They loved him. C.J. Stroud, they like him a lot. There's a big difference between loving somebody and liking them a lot. And that's because right now, Houston's holding all the cards. So I'll play your game and say they go. They're they're there and but the Cardinals take... have to trade down. Okay. I see I don't think it it matters in this one case. If Will Anderson's there, I'll definitely trade down because I'm still getting Will Anderson. And if Will Anderson's not there, I'm definitely still trading down because Will Anderson's not there. So with the Colts in particular, if the if Colts... Will Anderson's not there on all of these scenarios right now, it changes everything. You're always trading. Yeah. You're but, always going But even if he is there in this case, you'll still get him at four because you're just trading down with the Colts. This is your no, trade. No, no, you're not because what happened at two? Okay, but if he isn't there... <laughs> uh, they took Will Levis at two. Falling into just, a vortex. I'm just saying right now, what What do you mean? You just said FanDuel's yes. literally got Will Anderson going to they do. Houston. They have him going to Houston. But I'm saying specifically with the Colts, I'm either trading down because Will Anderson's not there and i got to trade down, or I'm trading down because Will Anderson is there and I'll still get him at four because it's the Colts. So either way, if the Colts want to make a trade, I'm in. All right. Number six, the Lions pick. Oh, weird. Okay. The Lions get the third overall pick and a 2024 fifth round pick. 
The Cardinals will get the sixth overall pick, the 55th overall pick, second round, and a 2024th third round pick. Okay, in this case, what you were just saying comes back into play. If Will Anderson's gone... We could play it two ways. Okay. So say Will Anderson is there. Are you making that deal? Boy. No. I I don't... And if he's not there, are you making that deal? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. Um... Again, I, I the, the very first deal, the Tennessee Titan deal that you suggested right there, Will Anderson is not there. He's not there at number three because he went number two. Yeah, I'm I'm making that deal. The first one is my preference. So okay, moving the, all the way down that's, to number eleven. I'm I'm with you on that. If Will Anderson's not there, I kind of want to. Not that I want to move like out of the first round, but I want to move down and get as much draft capital as I can. Okay, so the next one. And then I do want to tell you about another interesting trade that's in here that does not include the Arizona Cardinals. But for this last one that the Cardinals are involved with, number 25, the Giants pick. The Giants get DeAndre Hopkins and the 34th overall pick, so a second rounder. The Cardinals will get the 25th overall pick and the 128th, a fourth rounder. So they keep their third overall pick. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely, right? Yeah. You, I mean, I know you're not moving up that much, but you are moving up nine picks into the first round. That you're, Yeah. Yes. Can I Can I just tweak one of your scenarios here, Mel? You're just going to tweak Bill Barnwell's, but that's okay. Just okay. Just take me back to the Indianapolis Colts. Okay. At number four. And the Arizona Cardinals sitting there at number three. And guess what, everybody? Um, let's say the Houston Texans, let's say they go ahead and they draft Will Anderson. Okay. Okay. Um, the Cardinals are going to want to trade out of number three, of course. But what if the Indianapolis Colts include Ryan Kelly in a deal? What did Barnwell have them getting from the Colts? Specifically, if they were to move to four. It had the Cardinals getting the fourth overall pick, the 79th pick, the 138th pick, and a 2024th third rounder. What if I were to say you're going to get the fourth overall pick and Ryan Kelly and a fourth round pick? What if I I said that. that? I would take that in a heartbeat. I would take that in run. I would take that, and if Will Anderson wasn't there, then I would turn around and trade the fourth overall pick if I could, too, and move down and get more stuff. So, here's what I want to tell you, is that this, all of these trade scenarios, do you know what they had the Houston Texans doing? No. Making a trade with the Ravens for Lamar Jackson and the 22nd overall pick. The Ravens getting the second overall pick, the 73rd overall pick, and a 2024 fourth round pick conditional. So that means Will Anderson would be there, right? Theoretically. Okay. Because the Baltimore's not trading Lamar, no. moving up to two, and then taking a defensive player. Correct. I mean, they are Baltimore. Well, they are. <laughs> they would love Will Anderson. They, they would. They but. would. But too bad. <laughs> I know you have pro bowler Tyler right, Huntley exactly. on your roster. <laughs> we need a new quarterback to replace Lamar. 
Uh, all right. When we come back, well, first of all, text us your thoughts. The FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. I think we would have done most of those trades, even if Will Anderson was there, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely Will Anderson and the Houston Texans at number two. They are the fulcrum now of this draft. I tell you, I'm not staying at number three to draft anybody else. That's That, that much is certain. All right. When we come back, uh, it is time for game day with K. Ray. Kevin Ray of Bally Sports will join us to talk Suns Clippers game three tonight. Next, it's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Brings the ball. And catching bodies on his way to the rack. Suns. Game day with K Ray. I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for whatever. All right, you know what that sound means? Because it's pretty clear, and there are words that describe what that sound means. Game day with K Ray. Game three is tonight. Suns Clippers from Los Angeles, and Kevin Ray of Bally Sports joins us on the Arizona Sports Line right now. What's going on, K? Oh, happy game day, gentlemen. How are we? Really excited for tonight's game, Kay. I mean, game three, of course, and it's an opportunity for this team, the Phoenix Suns, to make a statement, and that jacks me up. Um, Yes, sir. Okay, let, let's start here with uh, with game two. I, I, I think every conversation probably branches off of this one. It's not the first time we've seen Devin Booker do something like that. Not even the first time in, in a playoff game, but man, that was something to see. And, and didn't it feel like early second quarter they needed somebody to do something like that to kind of salvage this season? Yeah, you know, without being overly dramatic, I think we can all say whether you were in the building or watching the telecast that, you know, considering that they were in a double digit hole again at home, there was, you know, there was more than an uneasy feeling. Uh, you know, during timeouts, looking around the arena and you could just kind of see in the fans faces, uh, but it was it was as critical a six and a half minute stretch as uh, as we've seen from this team in recent memory. And you start with number one, the way he played, and and mean he was making like every play, both into the floor, guys. I mean, he was flying all over the place defensively, um, and just you know just becoming a major problem for Ty Lue's, uh defense, and you know it it, it paid huge. Huge dividends. Okay, what is your biggest concern going into Game Three tonight? You know, the, the biggest concern, I guess, it, it's kind of twofold. Wolf is uh, better starts. Like you, you yeah. can't afford to get off to a sluggish start here on the road. And, and look, it, say what you want about the Clippers fans versus Laker fans, you're still playing on the road. And it it is a passionate fan base. You don't want to put yourself in the position for a third straight game of finding yourself trailing by double figures. So, you know, the Suns need to be the aggressors tonight in every phase of the game. And then, you know, rebounding. Are are they going to finally correct the the rebounding issues slash disparity? Um, because, quite frankly, that's right now the difference in this series being 2-0 Phoenix and 1-1 with L.A. feeling very confident having stolen a game and coming back home for the next two. Mm-hmm. 
Talking to Kevin Ray of Valley Sports. Uh, K. Ray, we saw Point Book a lot in Game 2. He's obviously done this throughout his career, but that was that was a big situation and in a lot of ways it swung that game. And, you know, you understand people are looking at it like, oh, I just do that all the time. How much, uh, in your mind, is it as effective as it is because Chris Paul bringing the ball up the floor is so different? Like, in theory, couldn't these play off each other and really benefit the Suns? They, they can. And look, it, it will be interesting to see, you know, if if we see that early again or if it is Chris, you know, bringing it up. Look, it, it's no secret that when Chris brings it up, the Suns are just slower to get into their offense. And it's also no secret that if the Suns can increase their level of pace, that it's going to benefit them, especially against this, this Clippers team defensively because of the length they possess, because of such a, a strong ball defender in a Kawhi Leonard, but also Russell Westbrook, just the way, you know, Russ plays, you know, like his hair's on fire defensively. You saw a couple of times where they were trying to post Kevin Durant in that, uh, in that high post area. And Russ almost came away with a couple of steals just because he, he plays and they, they overplay the passing lane so much and I think with Book he presents so many challenges when he's bringing it up because he can take you off the dribble he can continue to to drive and either penetrate to the rim drop it off to Aiton or on the drive and kick whereas Chris is more apt to play that two-man game look for a pocket pass or look for a kick he's typically not going to drive it all the way to the paint so it just changes the way that Ty Lue and this team has to defend now having said that because book and the Suns had so much success with that I you know I fully expect a counter move coming from Ty Lue defensively tonight now does that mean they'll try to trap book like we've seen several teams do this season or will they lay off and, and maybe pick him up you know in more of a trapping situation once he crosses midcourt that's where you know the chess match does really start until after tip-off. Yeah, that's that's great. That's a great observation right there, Kay. Okay, I asked you what your biggest concern was. Now I'll ask you, what are you most confident that we will see tonight from the Phoenix Suns? Well, I, I think I'm most confident in that we will continue to see this team uh, improve offensively with with you know how they get touches for Kevin Durant how they get touches for for really everybody in that in that starting five um and look maybe maybe we were all a little too overly confident with that eight games body of work and they were unbeaten and just not fully understanding and respecting and appreciating that you know playoff basketball playoff defense is far different than mm-hmm the postseason and I think it's taken this team the coaching staff a little while longer to kind of get their feet underneath underneath them and figure out you know where they can be most efficient um and so I, I still think we've we've yet to see the best out of this starting five in particular, and one guy who wears number thirty five for sure, uh, especially considering what he's done playoff wise in his history on the road. So uh, I, I am very much looking forward to that. Talking to Kevin Ray of Bally Sports, uh, K Ray, did you expect Tory Craig to play this big of a role so far through the first two games? He has thirty nine points, he's hit seven threes, and he's been starting obviously as well. I mean, I don't think he's done anything that's like so crazy. Suns fans are like, "Hey, where did that come from?" But but now it kind of feels like they're counting on him too. 
Yeah, and look, um, I'd be lying if I said, oh, I fully expected this from Torrey. The one thing that I've always expected and known from Torrey is he is going to play his tail off. I mean, you you never question his energy, his hustle. I don't think any of us, even with with Torrey shooting a career high from three this season, could imagine him shooting the way he has so far through these first two games of the series. But that being said, look, guys, we know this throughout NBA playoff history, much less, you know, Suns playoff history. That's that's what oftentimes will shape series. That guy, that wild card, like, man, you know, I knew he could play, but I didn't think he was going to do that to us. Think about throughout, you know, those Suns-Spurs series, the Suns-Lakers series. You know what you're going to get from your stars. It's always that wild card guy that ends up tripping you up and can oftentimes help you steal a series and so you know for Tory, as, as Kevin Durant and Devin Booker both said man you know keep the confidence high because you're going to continue to get touches and continue to get looks if you had to guess do you think we're going to see campaign tonight uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and, and we've not gotten anything official Wolf but I, I, I don't think that Cam will, will be ready to go again tonight and I think it's more than he's continued to, to make progress but you're talking about now almost two weeks of of being sidelined. And so from a conditioning standpoint, they want to make sure that they can get him up and down the floor without any, you know, issues, let's say the next day. So I, I'm going to say probably not tonight, keeping my fingers crossed and uh, sending good mojo for game four. <laughs> good stuff as always, Kay. Thank you for the time, man. Thanks, Kev. You got it, boys. Have a good one. All right. That's Kevin Ray of Bally Sports ahead of tonight's Game 3. Suns Clippers from L.A. When we come back, we'll go bigger picture in the NBA playoffs. They've actually been pretty unpredictable, which is not typical of the NBA playoffs. We'll discuss how that might impact the Suns next. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Got sucked into the trap. Wolf. It's just, it just popped up on the screen over here. Stephen A. Smith disgusted that Draymond is suspended for a game. How could you be that disgusted? You may disagree with it, but how could you be that disgusted? He did stomp on a guy's chest. I agree, it was provoked and probably played up a little bit, but that's, yeah, anyway. Uh, that game that he suspended for is tonight. Yeah, and it wasn't just, once again, for the stomp, too. It was the history and the histrionics that followed the stomp. It was for the person that he is and the person that he has been in the NBA. Um, big part of the Warriors' success, but also of the big three, Draymond, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry, certainly the most uh, self-destructive by far of the three. And they play tonight. They play Sacramento. They may very well be down 3-0 after tonight, Wolf. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. I, I would not have yep. picked that in a million. You could have no convinced way. me Sacramento uh-huh. would win the series, but I would have picked Golden State. But you never could have convinced me they were going to be down 3-0. You know, going into the postseason, of course, I speculated, uh, openly speculated as to whether or not Golden State wanted to try to avoid the Phoenix Suns or play the Phoenix Suns. 
It almost looks like they wanted to avoid the Kings. They kept winning, and they ended up playing the Kings. (laughs) Exactly. They ended up playing the Kings right now. And Sacramento, I just can't say enough. This this basketball unit right now and the guys that are inside that locker room, I got a ton of respect for because when that expectation is out there that they're going to, at some point in time, have the wheels come off for them on the season, and they just continue to head down Head down, eyes up, and ball and compete. I got so much respect for him that I, I'm almost rooting for the Sacramento Kings to do well. That's fine. Until they, they play the they haven't, played, they haven't been in the playoffs in, what, 16 years? It's the only team in Sacramento. It's not like when the basketball team's not winning, they turn to their NFL team. They don't have one. So, yeah, I mean, I like, I like stories like that. Assuming the Suns move on, of course. Yeah, I don't think you have to worry about the Kings yet. You gotta, you'd have to... You're still a few rounds away from that. The Clippers. Um, Yeah. Well, and the Nuggets after that. Well, yeah, but still. Bobby Marks uh, was on with us yesterday, and we didn't really get to react to what he was saying because it was right towards the end of the show. But he did say this, talking about the West specifically, because Wolf, for the most part over the last, I don't know, (laughs) as long as I can remember watching the NBA, you kind of had a pretty good feeling, even at the start of the season, of like, yeah, if I if I pick four teams, one of them is probably going to win the title, and the uh, and one another one's probably going to be who they play in the title. And at a certain point, I don't think that's great for your product, other than the two weeks when the NBA Finals are going. But other than it's it's kind of a lot of manufactured drama. We've gotten away from that. This is pretty wide open, specifically in the West. So here's Bobby Marks on with us yesterday. It's like the NCAA tournament. <laughs> I mean, it really is. I mean, there's so much parity. Um, you know, certainly. Yeah, probably outside, you know, as I said, Denver, I think they'll get through Minnesota relatively easily, easy. Um, you know, the four or five here, uh, I, Sacramento, Golden State is, a, you know, looking like a tremendous series. I had the Kings winning before this thing started. I just thought they were the better team this year. And I didn't kind of buy into the, the championship equity that Golden State had built. And who knows? I mean, Golden State can get those two games and you're going back to Sacramento in a game five and there's pressure on the, on the Kings here. And then the Lakers, yeah, I mean, Lakers, Memphis, it's like, you know, what what is, what is Memphis going to have with John Morant? I mean, that's the big thing. If John Morant can't play or if he's 50% John Morant, they're going to be home next week or the, you know, or the following week. The Lakers will get to the second round. Yeah. 50% of Jaw would just be... <laughs> that was really good. I did not expect that. I'm sorry I stepped on you right there. That was good. Oh, that was again, 50% of Jaw was no, what? No, <laughs> <laughs> the magic is gone. But they won last night without him. Yeah, they did, as a matter of fact, without Stephen Adams, of course, and Brandon Clark as well, an integral piece to their bench. The Sacramento Kings, um, the, excuse me, the Grizzlies once again, um, they to me are a team that I never thought would win game two. Because John Morant was such a question mark, and because he didn't play, I didn't think they were going to beat the Lakers, and that's exactly what they did. It just, to me, it reminds me of how much on edge a team will get when their best players aren't playing. Yeah. Yeah. How much on edge it will put all the role players around him when their best players are not playing. And I still, man... The Lakers might be the toughest team to figure out in these in these playoffs. Rui Hachimura put up another twenty last night, so it's not it's not like he was just a flash in the pan for one game. I I do 
like, just in strict basketball terms, some of the under-the-radar moves they made around the deadline. They actually play some defense. We've joked about Austin Reeves on the show before that he shouldn't be <laughs> shooting free throws at the clip that he was against the Suns, at least, when, when the Lakers shot 46 free throws. But he is a decent player. Mm. And yet, they beat Minnesota in the play-in, but Minnesota's missing half their team, and the Lakers didn't look all that great. But then they beat Memphis in the first game, and you see the path opening for them. And then they go out there and lose last night to Memphis, minus, like you said, Ja and Stephen Adams. Yeah, after stealing game one, yeah. you're thinking to yourself, here we go. Okay, you know, the Lakers, okay, and Ja Morant, and the condition of Ja Morant. But you're right about this. Listen, Anthony Davis was bad. Anthony Davis was, I don't know if you had the opportunity to watch it, based on but Anthony Davis... 4 of 14 from the floor. How's that happen when you're that big and that close to the hoop? And he he just underachieved. And you have to wonder right now, if you're LeBron James, if you had LeBron James in a room, I wonder if he would just come clean on AD and whether or not the, the AD situation right now is bothering him. Because, you know, look, I know that he's made um, a ton of improvement, as we all know right now, in his health and his availability. But Anthony Davis, from time to time, does wander in games. If you watch him play, he will wander mentally. I still, and I know we're a few years past this, and I know he's won a title. I still don't understand why LeBron went to the Lakers. Like, you, you hear L.A. <laughs> you take it home, I'm going to go way back. You, just, you hear L.A. people talk about him, and they're like, yeah, that's nice. He's not Kobe. He's not magic. He's not I mean, he, he, for for a guy to be. And I'm just saying, in in the minds of Lakers fans, like the bar for LeBron before he's going to be he's going to be able to register as like one of them. He'd have to win multiple multiple titles in L.A. I just I don't know. Um, but here's LeBron talking about now what is ahead of the Lakers and Grizzlies, and you could maybe even apply this to the uh, the Suns and Clippers as well. You know, it's a one-one series. Both teams are tied. Um, both teams feel like they can win on each other's floor, on the opponent's floor. So, you know, it gives us no uh, comfort that we're going home, and we shouldn't feel comfortable going home uh, with a one-one tie. You know, um, you know, game three is the most important game of the series, and uh, if we're not uncomfortable going into that game, they can very easily come in our hometown and uh, our home court and take the series back. So, you know, we like you said, we got a day tomorrow to to regroup, another day on Friday to to hit home and and, and zone in on what needs to be done and on Saturday is um, is back to the four lines you know uh, what happens in between the four lines on the court so I'm excited about the opportunity to play again uh, play again another playoff game and um, I believe this is our first uh, this is our first game at, at the house huh? in front of our fans ain't it? in the postseason first time so I'm excited. I'm excited for that. Do you think he was just staring at Anthony Davis as he said that? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> There's a real possibility right now. <laughs> you know what I love, though? He talked about the confidence level that you have. And he talked about the fact that, you know, you feel like, hey, we split. You know, it just you can't overstate it, Luke. You really can't. These are human beings that play this game. Even a guy like LeBron James. Even LeBron. Pointing to that. Yeah. Pointing to that, inciting that right there, it just it reminds me, man, of just how human so much of this is. Yeah, and that series is wide open. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even sure the Golden State series is wide open. I'm not going to write them off because they are absolutely that team that could win two at home. And then you're going back to Sacramento and the Kings are like, uh, what do we do? It's tied. We thought we had this wrapped up. The Denver series, though. 
does not seem very wide open. And uh, and that, of course, would be the team awaiting the winner of Suns Clippers. They seem like the one team right now that's like, okay, we've, we're on cruise control. And you probably should be uh, if you're the one seed and you're playing a very depleted Minnesota team. Yeah, the T-Wolves, of course, they were down 21 points, as a matter of fact. 21 points. They were down 15 at the half and came back and took the lead after three quarters. Had a two-point lead, if you can imagine that. That's the kind of comeback that the T-Wolves put together right there. It was a much more contested game than what I thought. But I don't know if you happen to see this. At some point in time, we got to talk about Dylan Brooks trolling LeBron, I, I too. We gotta, I let's, next time we talk about this, let's talk a little bit about Dylan I, Brooks. I, I wanna, that was big. I want to find the cut so I can play it. I didn't want to paraphrase it, but yeah, he's... Uh, I mean, Dylan Brooks doesn't really respect anybody in the league, but apparently not LeBron either. Uh, all right. Coming up next, we're going to take you through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.